0: Oh, that's rock and roll right there, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, I like you like this, a little punkish, right? A little rock and roll, a little punkish. Yeah. And is and that suits the guest coming up. Okay, you can turn it down, Malik. I'm, man, I'm so excited to have this next guest on. Oh, my God. This guy is like, he is like, Malik said it best. He was just joking. I know you, Malik, but you're to kind of throw in shade a little bit. You can be a little smart ass. And he says, is he like the uh, Michael Jordan of motorsports? And I go, you nailed it. I mean, in, in, in your arrogance, you kind of nailed it. Like, he's like the Michael Jordan of motorsports? I go, yes, he is. My next guest coming on. Uh, it, it's almost, yeah, it's like in two minutes, and I can't wait. You know, my favorite part of this is when I see that they're clicking in the Zoom. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like seeing that the Amazon truck come up to your house like, oh, shit, my package is here. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what it's like. Your dog starts barking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know about your dog. My dog starts barking. I know if I open the door, it, that Amazon dude is dead. I mean, my dog, that's the only time my dog comes to life. He's kind of like getting slowing down now. But, man, when that Amazon or FedEx dude comes, he is ready to attack. And, so, and that's what it feels like. man. When I, see, I go, oh, he's going to be here. I'm happy, man. am very excited. I'm very excited. So this is cool, man. Uh, it's BT. Welcome to Tales from a Gemini. Um, and I just started a second podcast with Dion, Dion Curry, and it's called... Um, uh, sorry, we've been canceled. Sorry, we're canceled. <laughs> sorry, we're canceled. I don't even know the name of my second podcast. Sorry, we're canceled. We're gonna get all that up and running. I'm gonna tell you about that later. I'm too excited for that one. That I try to keep it comedy on all of them, but that's really, really, really comedy cent, uh, centered. It's where I wanted to, you, you know, interview people and maybe and center around motorsports and just people in general on this Tales from a Gemini on Tales from a Gemini. So, like I said, leave comments like you guys have been doing. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Just wanna make this better. This is the pat. I love what I'm doing here. I love the pat. Fashion. I love working with these guys, Wyatt and sometimes Malik. I, I really, I really appreciate sometimes. you. guys. Some, yeah, sometimes Malik, he always throws shade at me, telling me how old I am and I shouldn't be saying this and that. And sh- and I like it. No, I like it. I like you know the playfulness or whatever. But. I, I swear to God, one of these days. So. <laughs> one of these days. So. But I do love Malik, man. He's my he's my dude. I really no, I do that. Like I said, if I wouldn't, if I didn't like you, I wouldn't play with you like that. You know what I mean? It it it, it would be strictly business. You know, I'd, I'd go to Starbucks. I wouldn't ask you what you wanted to drink. I would just go for myself and come back, and that's it. You know what I mean? Bye, you know like that. But if I if I'm if I'm giving you shit, then it means I like you, bro. So and so you know, take that as a compliment. And um, hey ladies, how are you? Okay. Uh, was that was that creepy? I, mean, I guess it was. Maybe a little bit. Not a little bit. They're, they're in their twenties, right? The, it was the volume of the voice. I yeah, I guess if I, if I hey, what's up, girl, like that, that. If we get that volume a little little bit higher, <laughs> I want it to a creepy. Like, hey, girls, how's that? What am I like the black Mickey Mouse? Hey, girls, how's it going? Who's <laughs> <laughs> the creeper in the window? <laughs> All right, listen, man, we don't want to, I don't want to delay this any longer. Let's get my, let's get my buddy Ralph on. Right now, I'm going to have the voice of Supercross. Mr. Ralph Shaheen is going to come on. This guy has done it all. Like he said, he is the Michael Jordan of motorsports. When you listen to Supercross, this is him coming in right now. I can't wait. This is it coming in right now. He's so professional. 12.05 on the dot. Here we go. Watch him. Here we go. Ralph, there he is. He didn't know how to operate it. Ralph, Ralph. what's up, buddy? I'm doing great. Let me tell you something. My uh, I, The guys I work with, they're like 19, 18, 19. They're, they're kids, and they always give me shit. And the dude goes, so what is this guy, like the Michael Jordan of motorsports? And I go, as a matter of fact, he is. And yes, you are. So he was, he was flipping you shit, but he, actually he was right. You are the Michael Jordan of motorsports. And I tell people all the time, I've been, like, they don't know how much of a dork I am when it comes to motorsports, and, and when Speed Channel was around, which is the greatest channel ever, 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 especially for dorks like me, I just remember being at the MotoGP, and I remember the Speed Channel <laughs> booth was set up outside, and you were broadcasting, and I was like, Ralph, and you're on air live looking at me like, who's this guy? That's yelling at me, and you had to go, okay, camera two yeah and'm and I'm, and I'm over here going like <laughs> doing this, and I think a friendship was born from that because I never let up, and I always apologize to everybody I have on for being such a dork, but man i just i've always loved what you do, your voice is synonymous with Racing in America, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Your voice is synonymous with racing in America, in every form from Daytona 500 to motor to, to the supercross. Your voice, man, is the voice that everyone knows.
1: Listen, I love you for that, you know that, but why did I have to beg to come on this show? <laughs> well, because, because we got MotoGP guys and British superbike announcers. And, you probably had the guy from the local hockey rink, you know, and I'm like, oh, what? No love for me? Well, wait, wait. Like, no. Listen, I want you to know something else. This is the only time I've ever done an interview yes where I was stressed out about what I was gonna wear on the air. Cause I'm like, this is BT. I've gotta make a statement when I come on the air. So you ready?
0: Yes. Yes, motorhead. That's what I'm talking about, buddy. Cause, okay. You know why? Because you're my ace of spades. You're my ace yeah. of spades.
1: So, so I, for those who don't know, one of the things that, that brought BT and I together is our passionate love for racing and, and hard rock, heavy metal music. Rock and roll. Rock, we're all about it. So when I started thinking, it was like, so do I wear a racing shirt? Do I wear a rock shirt? I'm like, I got to go. Racing shirts, all BTs is the only show I could wear a rock shirt. And I thought, well, who do I wear? And I started going Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, yes. man, hey, where am I going? And I went, oh, it's Motorhead. It just yes. sums everything up. Yes. Motorhead, gearheads. Yes. And we love Lemmy. We love Motorhead. So, Lemmy, here's to you. We're going Motorhead today on BT Show. Brother,
0: thank you so much, man. That, you know what? That is so true because, honestly, I whenever I look back, I just, I, it, to me, my life began again uh, in 2006 when I moved to Indianapolis, and I don't know how, but it's like every time. I, not, as far back as I remember, me and you were friends, and it's, it's. I, I don't remember when we initially first met, but we've always been friends, and our connection. And, and, and it says so in your bio. You're talking about, you know, what one of the things of success is. You got to have a passion for what you do, and even though I don't get paid, my passion is. I love. Motorsports and specifically motorcycle racing, and that along with rock and roll. When I found out you were a metalhead like me, or, or vice versa, maybe we found out we both love metal. It was like, are you serious? I remember us sitting at yeah. the Velocity and at the Marriott, and us talking about yeah. rock and roll. We're talking about we we sung Kiss songs, we sung Motorhead songs, we even sung yeah. and uh, and we text each other, and I text you a, a, a line from a, from that group called Axe that no one knows about, and you text yeah. back another line, and you gotta know your rock and roll to know acts no one knows acts those guys rocked because i'm a freak in the street
1: absolutely (laughs) remember that absolutely (laughs) and i think you know you mentioned the fact that nobody's getting rich doing this right nobody especially me (laughs) we um when, when it's the same thing with your comedy right you're doing it because that's where your passion is sure you you hope that it turns into something where you make a good living God willing, you become wealthy at it or whatever. But as long as you can provide for your life, your family, that's what it's all about. But the most important thing with that is doing something you really have passion for because it's never a job. There's never been a day in your life when you went out on stage to do your comedy routine, you went, I got to do another one. No, you're like, I can't wait to get out there and do another one. What we always say in our business is we get paid for the travel we do the broadcasts and the races for free. The travel is the part that wears you down. The hotels, the airplanes, the, you know, eating by yourself on the road another night without your family. That's what wears you down. But when you get to the racetrack and you start smelling the yes, and the end, whatever it is, oh my gosh. man, you, it's all worth it at that point. I don't care what you – I'll pay you. Let me do it.
0: I just remember us having the same flight to Indy from Charlotte, and you were in first class, and I was back with the poor people, and you text me, and, I remember, and you were like, hey, how is it back there? <laughs> and I remember that, and I was like, you son of a bitch. I remember that. <laughs> we were on the same flight, and you had first class cart hey, flight. I, think, I think you said, I'm having champagne. What do the poor people have? <laughs>
1: hey, that's, that's just all those upgrade tickets, you know, all those miles you
0: it for you. You're just earning it, you know? Whatever, man. We, we know you're the man. We know you got a Ferrari someplace for Lucky Lucas. We know that, yeah, man. We know that. It's about that big. It's just a little Hot Wheels <laughs> Ferrari. But, but ask him. This is the part to me that I, I mean. I knew you had you know had driven and and you can you know. But I didn't know you got second in the Baja One Thousand, dude. That is legendary because that is I. You know me. So I my 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 dream. My my uh, I never call it uh, the uh, what do you call it the bucket uh, the, uh, the bucket list. Yeah, the bucket. Oh my too. god, dude. That's it. What year was you that? What year was that? That was ninety
1: uh, one.
0: Was that a Ford F one hundred and fifty?
1: It's a class seven four by four. Oh. It's a Ford Ranger back then. I know it's a little you know shiny with the light and everything. That's but not... yeah, we I was with um, the guys at Ford and BF Goodrich called me up and said, "Hey, would you like to come be a co-driver in the Baja one thousand with one of our factory teams?" I was like, "Yeah." Oh, so my God. it was so cool in the fact that. You know, I, a co-driver, you're just really strapped in, hanging on for dear life, right? You're the guy in the passenger seat. It's like it's like in a, in a world rally championship. You know, you're the yes. guy in the other seat, barking out the uh, the directions and the the you know, all the information the driver needs. And um, it was it was a wildest event. It, there's a great quote from uh, Parnelli Jones, I believe it was, who said. Running the Baja 1000 is like an all-day plane crash. And he's right. I mean, I've, I've never been so beat up in my entire life as I was when I got out of that truck that day. I got to go down and do all the pre-running with them and go through all the things that you do to get ready for the race. Uh, we got in the truck and got going. And one of the first things that happened when we got up into the trees coming out of Ensenada, you go up into these mountains. I love Ensenada. It ripped the side mirrors off. So he needed an extra set of eyes right to see what's going on behind him. Yeah. So he goes, "You got dude, you got to loosen your belts up so you can turn around and see." So now I'm not even strapped in. <laughs> I'm like, you know, flopping all around in this thing while it's going and I'm trying to read the directions to him and point there's these little uh, orange squares and they they put them out on uh trees or rocks or cactus whatever right. and it'll be like one arrow pointing this way and that means it's a wide open corner. You don't even need to lift; just hammer through there. If it's two arrows, ah, pump the brake a hair and then go. If it's three arrows, lower down and you know turn in. So I'm looking for all these. And I'm pointing. Hey, you know, one arrow left. I'm the cactus over here. Whatever I can see. And meanwhile, I'm looking around. Hey, we got a guy on a right. here. Oh, we got this over here. And you also have to man the radio and let the chase crew, who's going down a highway, you know, 50 miles west of you trying yeah. to get to the next pit area yeah. you got to let them know every time you pass a mile marker where you are in the desert so it'd be like day race to day chase just past mile marker 320 all good or right front tire going down we're going to need a new one or the driver's hungry whatever the info is you got to pass that along so when they get to the pit area they've got everything ready to go and we we got flat tires down the desert we had to change we uh we went through all of that. We uh, oh, this is really cool. If you catch up to somebody, you're you're faster than the rule in the desert is. You get behind them, hope they see you, and they move out of the way. If they don't, you blow an air horn. So that was my job. You blow an air horn, and say hey, behind you, <laughs> and if they still don't move. Then three strikes, you're out, tap them,
0: shove them, and you're on your way. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah. So if you can you had so, to do that. You, you basically get road rage in the desert, basically.
1: And we, we come up on people. All, oh, and so this was a good one, too. We're going along through the desert, and they told me, they say, hey, if we come around a corner and you see a group of guys standing on the side, hang on because they like to build uh, jumps to sabotage your run. Yes. And get you airborne and see if you'll crash. It's like, you know, it's like fun for them, right? Uh-huh. So we come around this one corner just flat out. We're getting it. And all of a sudden, group of guys right over here on the right, and he screams, he goes, hang on. And that truck went up like this. And I thought, well, I guess I'm going to find out what flipping through the desert's all about. And that thing came down and landed on the left front and went, blah-bam. And we landed and pulled it off and just kept going. And I caught a glimpse of the guys in the mirror and they're all like, oh. Are like,
0: you serious, bro? They,
1: they couldn't believe we didn't crash.
0: Oh, my. Oh, man. yeah. You and got the greatest. The
1: craziest thing I've ever done
0: that, that, that honestly go-
1: I mean I could tell you stories about
0: it all day I remember we talked about I, I told you my bucket list and I, I had to say but my thing is I don't want to say bucket list I say things that you're going to do that you're going to do because you don't know when we don't, you don't know when you're going to kick yeah, the I, bucket yeah. you don't know when it's going to happen so you got to do that now when you can you got to no, do I, it I, You I know? didn't want to think about it exactly so my, my thing is I, I, I love the Dakar Man, the Dakar is in my heart. When that comes on, man, my yeah. I, I love that. So when you told me you did the Baja, you, you didn't tell me you did Baja, you just told me how your body hurt. But you didn't tell me you did the Baja. And we talk about everything. You didn't tell me you did the Baja. You just told me yeah. that you rode in the, in the desert. I, you said your body hurts because I said I want to do the Dakar. So that, and, and when yeah. I found that I was like, are you serious? You don't talk about it. You be about it. I mean, you are. That's what I'm saying. You're Mr. Motorsports because you actually do it, man. And that's, I think, that's well, the connection. You. No, you do. I mean, you don't just talk about and that's why you get the respect from the drivers because you've been there. I mean, you've raced. I mean, here I am talking about it. And then, sir, just two days ago, I look on your Instagram and you're driving a super modified in the suit looking dapper than Dan. And I mean it. You look like a smaller Tony Stewart. You look good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, don't, please, th- tell don't, don't tell you know, Tony I said hey, that. I
1: got a great one for you Tony. Okay,
0: please uh, do. Please tell Tony me. And
1: I- Indianapolis. He was running the Brickyard, and this is when they also ran the Bush cars, as they were called back then. Yeah, over what was Indianapolis Raceway Park on Saturday night before the Brickyard on Sunday. I remember that. So a lot of the Cup drivers would, would qualify Saturday for the Brickyard, then they helicopter over and run at IRP in the Bush cars. So I'm working for NBC on the Bush race. Mm-hmm. So I, my job is to interview Tony on the grid. And he flies in, he's getting in the car. And I've known Smoke for a hundred years. So we're standing around joking and we come live on the air on NBC now, right? And I go and I say, you know, so Tony, I ask him some question about the car, how it's qualifying, you know, you're ready to go. Basic racing kind of question. And he looks at me and he goes, What color dye are you using in your hair these days? <laughs> That's his response to my question on NBC. He goes, you call that tequila sunrise? And I looked right at him, and I said, Smoke, you keep eating the way you're going, and they're not going to have to put any left side weight in that race car anymore. <laughs> I did, I did
0: an that is beautiful. That, that Did he laugh, or what, what did he do? Oh, what did he? he- yeah, he thought it was great. Oh, my God. that Dude, I love that. I love That is total respect right there. And I was going to ask you, man, like, has there ever been an interview, and we talked about this. I'm not going to put any names. I'll let you do it. But is there any been an interview where it got cantankerous? You were like, you know what? When we go, when we break, if you want to go, bro, we can go. Is there any, been, ever been a time when that happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you can't. Uh, I know you
1: know the story. <laughs> Leave the name out Innocent, right? Know, that's
0: why I uh, brought it up.
1: A, there was a particular NASCAR driver, and uh, we had a moment at Daytona one year during the uh, the nighttime race in July, uh-huh. in the Coke Zero 400, uh-huh. where he had had some performance issues with his race car uh-huh. late in the going of the race. And I heard it on the radio, as did the hundreds of thousands of people sitting in the grandstands because they all got <laughs> scanners on. So if you're listening in, you have an idea of what's going on with all the drivers, you know? Right. So I heard him complaining about this. So as we got ready to do the interview down on pit road after the race, I asked him, I said, uh, so you were having engine problems. We were just kind of waiting for the commercials, to end, and we were going to do the interview. And, and he got furious and he stepped right up into my face. He's like, why are you always coming down on me and ripping me and this, that, and the other thing. And I, I, and I, he stopped and I stepped even closer to him. And I said, first of all, don't ever accuse me of saying anything negative about you because I haven't. And if you don't believe me, I'll grab every tape I've done of every interview with you and I'll bring them to your hauler next week. And you and I can sit there and go through them and you show me where I've said something negative about you. And on top of that, you're the one that mentioned you had engine problems out on the racetrack. And if you don't want to hear me and everybody in the grandstands here, then don't say it on the radio because we've all got scanners on. And then I stepped back, and then we came back out on the air, and I said – so, so-and-so, how was the race today? And, you know, like nothing had ever happened. And he answered the question and talked about the engine having its issues. Like nothing
0: had ever happened. And we just went about our day. Man, the greatest thing about it, I was going to see if you were going to bring his name. Because I, I knew not to bring his name because that's unprofessional. But, man, I just knew that story you told me at the bar. And I laughed so hard because I met him in Barcelona. Uh, for uh, the week, my birthday weekend, I was like, "What's he doing here?" He took a picture of it. He was nice and everything, but then you told me the story, and I laughed and I laughed well, look, and I he's, laughed.
1: He's he's a good enough guy and he's a great racer, and we've we've gotten past that. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to bury him. Exactly, today, you know, exactly. But I'll save it for the book. I'll
0: get it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I mean? Okay, you've been around racing a lot. So who's the most? underrated driver that you've ever seen that doesn't get the credit uh, underrated the way you go man this guy for what he's doing with this with this equipment he's this guy's killing it and no one's talking about it maybe
1: but you know that's that's a great question bt and man now you got me thinking because i'm not just thinking drivers i'm thinking riders too right i mean um and there's and and you can look at that in different ways, right? Like you could say, Ken Roxon is not underrated, right? Everybody knows he's a very talented writer. right? But he's underaccomplished.
0: Oh my gosh, that is. You know what? Un- but until this year, until this year, Eli Tomac, in the same way he was underaccomplished. Oh. That that's the first time I've ever heard that. But yeah, yeah, he's under. That is beautiful. That is okay. beautiful. So now, yes. Now I mean,
1: because like, there's a lot of guys who you could say, um,
0: you know, really
1: great drivers or riders, racers in general, but they haven't won a championship, or maybe they just didn't have the equipment right to get it done. Exactly. So I would say, Michael Andretti, certainly not underrated, right? But he never won the Indy 500, and he probably should have. Yeah more than once right 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 so and that's not always his fault a lot of times it was mechanical you know oh, of course so I mean I'm trying th- to think now of man
0: I love that I, I stumped I, I you think, I love that I well, stumped you a little bit
1: the, the challenges challenges so many times in racing it's unlike stick and ball sports in that if, if you're a great hitter it doesn't matter your financial backing, you're going to the show.
2: Yes. Right. Yes.
1: In racing, you can be very talented, and if you don't have the financial support, you're not getting a shot.
0: Exactly. Racing is so much. It, it's about money. I mean, what's the old saying? If 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 you got money, you can throw away, put it in racing, or it's like putting money in a bag and throwing oh. it. <laughs>
1: The quickest way to make a small fortune in racing is start with a big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, that, that's what people don't realize about racing. It's so much, more, and some of the most talented people don't get there because they don't have the money. I, I, you probably watched it. It was a, there was a documentary about karting, and it was a, a, a girl, a, t- a teenage girl, uh, uh, a, a boy, and the boy. His parents were kind of poor, and man, he, they, they couldn't do it anymore, and he had to give up on the dream, and I think he went to school, military school, whatever, but man, that hurt me so much. I, cause I yeah. it, You've probably seen it before, but it was like, I think it was like three teenagers, and they all had that dream, obviously, of NASCAR or whatever, and the girl, you know, she's racing all my life, and they follow, I think, for a year or two, and the kid, man, they, they were kind of poor, and they couldn't afford it anymore, and man, that just hurts, because that's why I love watching the supporting races. Like, okay, NASCAR. Car Formula One GP—that's great. It is. It's great. That's the show. But it's the supporting class. That's why I love to watch Moto Three and Moto GP. That's why I love to watch yeah. World Super Sport 300. Because those are the kids, man. They're—they're—it's they're, like the minor leagues of baseball. And it's like, man, they're—they're they're that close to the show. And it's like they—they got to make that leap. And if they don't, man, the dream is it's deferred or sometimes it's lost or they give up on it. And it hurts to watch that because, man, they're that close and a teenager and that's what they've always wanted. But sometimes, man, it doesn't work out. And that hurts me more than watching, say, a GP rider who doesn't get it in a way. Because you're already there and, yeah. you know, it's like, ugh. But, man, it's the, it's the smaller people that don't – the, the financial backing. That's what – it hurts to watch that, man.
1: Well, and, and there's so many twists and turns in this. There's a great documentary out there right now about Tommy Byrne. And Tommy was a very talented racer from uh, over in Europe. Uh, Tommy is uh, Irish or Scott? I think he's Irish. Okay. Irish. And um, he was coming up through all the ranks in Formula Ford and just destroying people. And he was getting all the breaks, But he had a uh, <clears throat> he had a wild side to him.
0: <laughs> As they do back and in the day.
1: Wild side, that wild side hindered him. Yeah. It wasn't that he wasn't quick behind the wheel. In fact, he went to a McLaren test It was quicker than Senna. He was beating Senna in a lot of the lower formulas. They were always doing this. And he was one of the greatest wheelmen at the time when it came to pure outright speed. But it was just off track oh. that hindered him. That people just weren't oh. sure they wanted to, you know, is he polished enough to be in f1 you know so there's so many different things that can hinder a driver from getting to their ultimate goal like i mean okay to take your question another step jeff gordon is certainly not under
0: accomplished appreciated yeah
1: or underrated right right but how cool would it have been to see jeff in his day at his prime in f1
2: because um, I yes.
1: really believe he could have done it. Yes. He could have done it. You know, but why Michael didn't he? Andretti had a shot at it in, in, what, 93 or 95, whatever it was when he went over there. Yes. It was teammates at McLaren. But it was one year, in, and he didn't get to do all the testing and all the things that, you know, the other guys had been doing prior to that. Could Michael have really done it? And I think he was certainly talented enough Behind the wheel to do it. Um, would it have been great to see Tony Stewart go over there? Oh, I would love to have seen
0: before that. before he got really plumper. Right? I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, if Tony Stewart and I and I hope I never run into him because I, I got no smoke, so I don't want I don't want no smoke from smoke. But if Tony Stewart could have watched his if he stayed slim or whatever and got in shape, Tony Stewart, could, I, I think he could have ran with those guys. And then he just kept getting bigger and bigger, well, and it's like. But honestly,
1: he's Tony is. Tony is a tremendous wheel man. Yes. He's the kind of guy, you could put him in anything, and he's going to get the job done. Give him enough laps, he's going to get it done. He drove uh, Lewis's car. I was there the day he did it at Watkins Glen. Remember they did Trading Paint? Yes. When Montoya and Gordon did it at Indy? Yes. I was on the C-Channel show for that. Of course I was you the were. for that. Of course you were. And then Tony... And Lewis Hamilton did it at Watkins Glen. And I was there for that as well, working in the pits. And I'm telling you, and Lewis would have said it that day, Tony could do it. There's no doubt. Give him the laps. Lewis could come over here and drive the cup car. When you're talking about guys at that level of skill set, put them in anything. They've got it in the seat of their pants field. Just give them the time to, to master it, and they're good. It's, it's one of the reasons why, BT, that I've always thought motorcycle racers can become great car racers. I was going to ask because you that. Give them yes time, they've been racing since they were four or five years old, Yeah. right? Getting right. on a dirt bike for the first time. Yes. Or whatever they're doing. Yeah. They have figured out the game of racing by then. They know how to save their equipment. They know when to make the pass. They know you can't win in the first corner, but you can lose it there. They've they've learned all the race crap, right? Right. To be a champion on two wheels, right? right? Whether it's on road racing or dirt bikes. So now when they're twenty-five to thirty, they're still young men, but maybe they're getting too old to be racing in Supercross, for example. Right. You take Ricky Carmichael. Jeff Ward's a perfect example. Jeff Ward Jeff is
0: Ward. that's an underrated dr- Jeff Ward across all all racing. He almost won the Indy 500. People don't realize that Jeff Ward, and, and, super- and he did
1: win in IndyCar at Texas. Yeah, he did win in IndyCar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so he- that goes to show you that if you give them enough time, yes, give them proper equipment, they can make that transition and do it fairly rapidly. Uh, Kevin Schwantz did some good stuff behind the car. Uh, Ricky was doing. Carmichael was doing really good things in the truck in the truck series. Yes. Before the money went away, Do you remember. Yes. The the monster money got pulled and went to Kurt Busch because <laughs> Kyle, Kurt lost his cup ride and Kyle had the truck team that Ricky was supposed to go to with the monster money. Yes. And Kyle said, "I got to get my brother the ride." So yeah. that's why Ricky got out of trucks because he wanted to spend his own money. Same thing with Kevin. Didn't want to spend his own money. Freddie Spencer did some car racing stuff. Eddie Lawson did car racing stuff and did really well.
0: Rossi could have went to F1. I mean, Rossi, Rossi could have went to F1. He would have been great in F1. And that's what I love about him. is that He still had the passion for the bikes. He could have went to F1. And F1 runs the show. I mean, it, that's why MotoGP has to go an hour by, uh, before F1 because F1 is basically big bank.
1: Rossi could do rally cars, too. Rossi was very good in rally cars. Chad Reed... Has been getting into the Lamborghini Super Trofeo series and his uh, one race is over there. And he's he's planning now that his supercross career is winding down, he's planning on more sports car racing. So there's a lot of them over there that I think, um, well, of course, you got guys like Mike Halewood and John Surtees, oh, you know, yes. world champions. Yes. And, you know, all that. So it's been done before and it can be done again. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, man. Honestly, I could, it's probably boring for the viewers, but I could talk. Racing all day. Now, why didn't you? Why didn't you take Like, get a try to get a career in racing? Because I know you bit the. You got bit by the racing bug just like I did. You went to correct me if I'm wrong. Sacramento, the mile. We went to Sacramento on Saturday nights to watch racing, and you yeah. got bit by the race. Why didn't you want to race though? What kept you from racing?
1: I did want to race, but it's it's that money. Oh, like, no, no. Know, I didn't look. I didn't. I didn't come from a well-to-do family. Yeah. I didn't have you know huge sponsors and. I didn't have that opportunity to start, you know, my parents were like, you know, we couldn't go do karting and, you know, all that kind of stuff at a young age when you needed to, Right. Uh, TQ midgets and all that sort of stuff. So I knew the racing wasn't going to happen behind the wheel as a career. So what's the next thing you could do to be a part of it and have a passion there, and that was on the broadcasting side?
0: You know what, and how maybe... I, I talked to uh, uh, Steve Day about this from MotoGP, and you know he's, he's ra- he, he raced bikes also. I didn't realize that either. so I researched him. He raced bikes, and I ask you guys this, and I get this feeling too. Is you know I'm lucky to be out on the grid, and if you see me, I'm the biggest dork in the world. I'm always up in their grill getting <laughs> pictures of them, and but it pains. There's a little bit of a pain there that goes, I could have been there if. And it, and th- th- do you have a little space somewhere that goes, man? If only I would have blanked, or I could have been there. And and it, does it leave a, l- a little void? I mean, you're you get a you have a great life. You're doing what you want to do for a living. A beautiful family. Everything. But is that is there a little bit of void? Go, man. I could have done this. So
1: well, I, I think um, <clears throat> yes, and that's okay. I think I've I think I've come to grips with it. Are you sure? You will are you
0: sure? Because you hesitated. You hesitated like, like I do. And when you hesitate, that means well, you go. It's like,
1: Ugh. Okay, so like you talked about, you talked about running that modified up at Hickory Motor Speedway, right? Um, on Monday. Oh, you And it was it. Uh, like yes. a NASCAR tour style modified that you see up in the Northeast. And yes. I'm making the laps, and this is the same track where you know so many great NASCAR drivers had started their careers. Right. Dale Earnhardt Sr., Ned Jarrett, Harry Gant. Uh, you know, Richard Petty, they all ran laps at Hickory. And I'm out there, you know, running my laps, and I'm doing okay. Now, I'm not pushing it because it's not my car.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly.
1: But you know, you know you're hitting your marks. You know you're doing the lines right. You're flat on the floor going down the street. You're doing it, right. right? And you're thinking, you know, I think if I had had enough time, I could do this, too. Now, that doesn't mean I think I could be Harry Gantt right. and learn Earnhardt. It just means I could have made a race or three and been a part of the scene. Some yes. Way. Does that mean I would have made it to Cup or IndyCar? I don't know. Who knows? Probably not. Yeah. But you could have had a career yeah. doing it. Yeah. Right? But... I've been very blessed in doing the broadcasting side, being in there with my heroes, doing all that, and having opportunities to do things like Drive That Modified or Go to Baja that have fed that addiction and that passion on the other side. Yes. Now, if I can make BT money, (laughs) what I hope someday... (laughs) What I hope someday is to have... A a vintage car, yes. A vintage car, yes. Or um, something that like that that I could do that would be competitive, not necessarily life threatening anymore. <laughs> i am kind of past that part. Like um, you know where you're where you're pushing yourself. Yes. More than you're battling. You know because I what I like about vintage racing at this stage of my life is you don't have to be in the fastest car. And you don't necessarily have to win. It's, I took this car and I went faster in this car today than I did a week ago on this particular track, right? Right. So you're constantly kind of pushing yourself. Right. You know, vintage racing is not so much about who won today, but it's about the excitement and the enjoyment of seeing and hearing and experiencing those cars again. Right. So to take an old Trans Am car and to lap, sonoma or laguna seca and to do it at a competitive pace would be fun yeah and if i could do that with my family or my kids that'd be even better
0: i'll do you one better since you're banking with speed sport and you're making that money how about we get a speed sport pro karting team me and you Cart series, just karting, me and you. Maybe you do an endurance kart race. What? Endurance kart race? You sponsor me if you don't want to do it. If you're scared of the speed, you know. I mean, I, I don't blame you. I mean, if you know, you're scared to you get a dog. I I still have that in me. I still have that in me. Why don't you sponsor me? Speed sport karting. What? I'll have your in, in emblem on my on my back. Here's
1: here's what we need to do. Okay. It's not the karting. Karting is fun.
0: Don't me I've done that. I like it. We're gonna do that when you when you get the Indy. We're gonna do it. I'm not afraid of the speed. Don't
1: get me wrong. It's not about that. It's about um, risk reward.
2: Yes. Right? Yes.
1: It's just risk reward. The speed is there. It's where are you doing the speed and are you doing it in a safer environment? Mario Andretti is not afraid of speed. But I asked him one time, I said, hey, how come you don't vintage race any of your old F1 cars? Because they're all around. And, I, man, we'd all love to see you in that John Player Lotus again. He's like, because I know what I would do if I did. Is if I got in that car, I'm going flat, and the safety things in that car are no good on today's standards. Yes. So if something went wrong, the risk-reward wouldn't work. You can't, you know, Mario's certainly no chicken, right?
0: Right. That You know so, what? That's so true. What we need to do, BT. Okay.
1: Like, this is what we need to Tell do. Tell me what we need we to do. We need to go do one of those lemons races. You know what those are? No. What
0: is that? What is like,
1: that? Like the 24 hours of lemons. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, is oh, yeah. that? what is that? Tell me you what that is. Google
1: this. You need to Google this, and when you find it, you're going to go, that's it. Okay. We are doing this. Okay. Okay, Lemons Racing. So these guys go out, and they get these old junker cars, and there's usually like a buy-in budget. Like you can't spend more than 500 a $1, $1,000, 1500 on a car, and these guys get all kinds of crazy with their vehicles. I'm looking at it right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They get all kinds of crazy with their vehicles, And they do these road races like out of Thunder Hill in California or, you know, Kershaw back here in the Carolinas, wherever it might be. And you have a team of drivers and it's, it's, yes, it's highly competitive and you want to win, but they have a lot of funny rules. Like if you, if you, uh, break a rule on a pit stop, everybody on the team has to get out and do push-ups before you get going again. Just, it's fun. Right, that's what it's, it's all about. Really good competitive racing. Yes, but it's fun, and they decorate the cars and have a really good time. And I think with our crazy sense of humor and everything, that would be the way to go
0: for us. We'll put We'd a, have m- a good time. We'd put a mullet on the back of our car. A mullet. We put the Motorhead. Motorhead. Motor the and a mullet yeah. on the back. Yeah. W- with a guitar yeah. symbol on on the hood. Right. For rock and or roll. And the horns and the horns, yeah. bro. Horns yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking, and, man.
1: And we, we get a couple of our buddies, you know, and we, we just go have a great time. And that's, you know, you get to, that's one of the things about racing. Yes. It, and it's kind of the car and, and bike culture all together. And that um, when you're with that group of people, whether it's a Cars and Coffee or the Indy 500, you bring those worlds together, right? Mm-hmm. Those are good people. Great car people. Great people. Like people. Yes. Really good people. Yes. So one of the biggest frustrations with the Indy 500 not allowing in all the fans and everything this year is I'm going to miss seeing so many of my friends who I know would have been coming to the event and hanging out in the garage area on race morning. I'm going to be there and you're going to buy me dinner at the the farm in town and that's going to be fun and thank you for the extra (laughs) that I'm going to miss seeing those people on race morning. The race is going to happen, Yes. I'm going to miss those people. So that's why that 24 Hours of Lemons type deal is so much fun. Because it's not just about the competition. It's about the people and brewing out with your buddies Yes, and and enjoying that all together, that that competition and that fun of motoring.
0: The the greatest thing about motorsports, at least coming from my point of view, is is, it's a niche sport, and, and, and the great thing about that is being a niche sport is that you get better access to the riders, I mean, to to, to the participants. I mean, where you can, like, you know, talk to them, sign up, you see them walk around the paddock. I mean, you don't get that in football or baseball or, or basketball, you know, that's the security and everything. But in GP or even racing, you get you, uh, that proximity to your sports heroes, is, I mean, they're right there, and they talk to you, and it, it makes the biggest difference in the world, and, you know, and, and it makes me, well we know how the game is played, don't get me wrong, but it, it, it just bothers me when I watch ESPN or Fox or whatever, and they talk about you know, there's no sports on during this pandemic, and I go, yeah, there are, you guys just aren't covering I mean, Supercross was kicking ass in Utah. It was kicking ass in Utah. They didn't talk about it not once, what, what Cooper Webb did on the Wednesdays, how he was kicking ass on Wednesdays, they didn't talk about that, and it just pains me that they act like there's no sports, like, yes, there are sports what F1 was doing i mean what Moto GP is doing right now and they don't talk about that they they have a limited the, I mean I, like I said I know how the game is played It's got to go with the money yeah. and football back but man motorsports because of the proximity to your sports heroes and it being a niche sport that's what makes it so special man it's like I look up to totally. these guys and now I mean I look up to these guys and now me and Bradley Smith are buddies you know I mean I remember Mark Marquez when he was in Moto 3 in Moto 3 and I talked to him and he and he was in Moto 2 we talked and now he's so big time and he's still and then and this meant a lot, of the world to me. And I thought he was all big time. He was a GP star and everything. And he was doing a, talking to some people in Alpine Stars, uh, uh, the hospitality. And I was waiting outside for it to open, and I was leaning up against the rail. And I thought he forgot all about me. And he came and he hit me on the butt, kind of like, hey, I still remember you. And he rode off, and it was the greatest thing in the world. I'm going, and I'm right on a, on a moped. And Mavry Vinales gives me a high five as he's passing on his moped. I mean, that's what I love about motorsports. I mean, honestly, yeah. that's and, – and, I mean, just me talking to you right now, annoying you to the point where, yeah, we're finally buddies and we're and we're doing this. That's what makes it so special to me, man, is the, uh, the proximity. I mean, you
1: know, you already know that if that person is in that culture, the motorcycle car culture, they're already a good person. Yes. Right? Yes. You know? It's like you're yelling, I'm not worried about it. It's like, well, there's obviously a good guy here, <laughs> you know. So who is this who is this whack job? You know, and then the enthusiasm boils over. It's like, well, he's got to be a fun guy, because if he's if he's willing to do that, he's okay. And he where, is kind of
0: weirdo- where is are security. Where is are security.
1: my kind of weirdo. You know what I
0: mean? Man, I'm I mean, honest, I look back on it and like I've done a better job of curbing it back, but man, I remember it just got so out of control that my buddy Alonzo Bowden said. BT, we got to talk. And he goes, Listen, people, he goes, people like you, but you have got to just comment. I go, Yeah, man, I know, I know. And, and, and it's, I, I tell people all the time, and I'm not even being joking, I can't control I'm so happy to be there. That is where I just, when MotoGP was in when Indianapolis, it, but I would. BT,
1: it comes through. And don't sell, don't sell yourself short on this, right? <laughs> I mean, um, that passion is why everybody's attracted to you that way. They're, and they welcome you in. Because your your passion is so strong. And it comes out just out of every pore in your body. <laughs> it is exposed when you're there. It is. It is just, I mean, it's hard to ignore. And it's it, it gets everybody else enthused. Because BT so enthused. It's like. How could you not be excited about this? <laughs> Spend two minutes with BT, and if you don't like this, it's just you just
0: need to leave. Man, go now. I, honestly, the greatest weekends of my life. Like these next three weeks: MotoGP, WSBK, F1, Moto America. Dude, last week I literally didn't sleep. I was up all night you watching. Skipped
1: sh- one, you skipped
0: one. Which one? What? Which what? Supercross?
1: What's going on down the street from you?
0: Oh, uh, Indy 500's coming up. Yeah, so I got the Indy. I got Indy coming up now, but I'm talking last week. So these next weeks coming up, oh, oh. my God. And you're going to be in town, oh. and you're buying me dinner after I buy you dinner, after I buy you lunch because it's cheaper that way. And we're going to have no, a ball. No, you can't. You
1: know, it's your turn to buy. You know
0: why? Why? why, why it? It's my birthday on Indy 500. That's right. The Virgo. The Virgo with the velocity. I will buy you dinner, your See, birthday dinner. you got to buy it you have no choice. Yes. Yeah, well, I do have a choice. Buy me a beer. I could not show up and, and, and say I and say I, I was out of town. But yeah, I, I will, buddy. It's going to be on yeah, it's going to be on NBC Sports. I'm going to put it on that sports card. It, trust me, we're going to get your <laughs> get your credit card. We're going to put it on that card. I can't wait, man. That's going to be great, dude. I can't wait. Man, no, that, and, and you, we need to get you to that
1: event, but not when it's during a pandemic. We need to get you there when it's in full bloom in May I'm telling you and all your your viewers and listeners there is no sporting event in the world that is like the Indy 500 and and I've been to the Super Bowl yeah. I've been to the World Series been to the NBA Finals I've been to Daytona I've been to Sebring I've been to Moto GP they're all fantastic but race morning at the Indy 500 yes. is special special
0: I've been I've been there four times. Uh, I remember the last time. I just remember being and turn three. And it was Dario Franchitti and uh, Sato, and I knew Sato was going in too hot. I said he's going in too hot. I mean, for somebody who's never raced, raced, I I, I can see it, and I go, he's going in too hot. And I think Dario said he's going in too hot, and I be damned, he went in too <laughs> hot, and he came in and hit the wall. I saw him hit the wall, and I was like, you went in yeah. too hot. And Dario went around, and he won, and I just knew, I knew, I see it, man. And like I said, it pains me. I go, man, I wish all was races. I wouldn't have went in too hot, but he had to do it though. He, I mean, that was kind of smart. He passed him with two laps instead of one lap, trying and get him off like okay i'm gonna surprise him and like i guess i saw he, he's going in too hot and i just knew it but, but i learned didn't they? he yes if he, did. Learn, yes, he, he did yes he did yes he did i i i love sato but my favorite driver ever the one that i walked away going i gotta be like this guy is scott dixon something about scott dixon uh great guy man great I, guy. I, I i met him in I'm virginia sure.
1: have you watched his
0: documentary yeah i'm watching it now yes it's I'm, good oh my god I, I, I met him in virginia i shook his hand and I walked away going, you know what? I got to be a better person. I mean, I just love Scott Dixon. He is the man. He is the man. But speaking of the man, before we get out, right, man, I was going to talk about this earlier. But now, to switch gears just a little bit, we're going to talk about a little rock and roll. Because that, that's, that's another thing that brought us together oh. is rock and roll. I mean, I've been a meddler. I've been a meddler okay. since. And I tell people this. Man, I used it in my. I had a one-man show, kind of. But it was like, I would say I was black until fourth grade. And that was where I met. I was interested in Kiss Alive 2. And, uh oh, what, what we got? What we got? What we got? What are you bringing for me? What are you bringing for me? Oh, look at you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my. That's where we bonded, Gene Simmons. That is awesome, dude. That album changed my life. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Kiss Alive 2. I tell people, I was. How about that, man? that is what awesome. Is a demon? That is great. And all. Dude. That album changed my life. I said I was, you know
1: you know why I have this? Why? why I have this? Why? I have this and it sits here in my office in the house. And and that reminds me of what you're talking about. Kiss Alive. That album, right? The whole deal. Yes. And it, it reminds me to just have fun on the air. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean all all these guys did was have fun. They're just going out to have fun.
0: They yeah, knew who they it were. Just
1: makes, it's just good every now and then to look at and go, you know what? Don't overthink it. Yes. It's racing. They're going to drop the flag. These guys are going to battle like crazy and just have fun calling it. It's, exactly,
0: because Kiss knew what they were. They knew they weren't the greatest musicians. I mean, even though I think Paul Stanley was underrated in his songwriting. Oh. In his songwriting, Paul Stanley was underrated in his songwriting. and Even in his guitar playing, in in his singing, Paul Stanley was underrated. But Kiss knew what they were. Like the best rock and roll band, you got Led Zeppelin, uh, uh, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, uh, uh, you know, the Beatles, whatever. Me personally, I tend to go harder. I always say, to me personally, I don't care what anybody says, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, the best rock and roll bands there are, and that's just me. But Kiss knew what they were, and they still rose above it. Yeah, and they laughed about it. People made fun of them all the time. But, yeah, but still, nobody, nobody, there's nobody, nobody can say, who's KISS? Everybody knew who KISS was. Everybody. They're worldwide, and they were unstoppable.
1: Greatest line line Gene Simmons ever said. Tell me. Greatest line Gene Simmons ever said. Yeah. Somebody said, Gene, you sold out. He goes, sure, you're damn right I did. I sold out Detroit, I sold out Cleveland, and I sold out Cincinnati.
0: (laughs) That's man. That was that great? me. You know why I loved him? Because he, I, I identified with him. Also because he was all about fun. He wasn't about no. He wasn't about drugs or anything like that. And only, only his yeah. only vice was women. And I was like, I can identify with that. I mean, I can identify with. It. And that's why he was always he was always my favorite. You know. That's why I like I like this guy. It was almost like Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent, no drugs. It was just women. I go, I can identify with that. You know what I mean? Give me rock and roll. I don't need drugs. I don't need drinking. I just need. Rock and roll and a real good like poison. All I need nothing but a good time. And that that's all I need. Rock and roll. Give me racing, rock and roll, and I'm happy, bro. I am happy. This weekend, Moto GP, what happy. That's all I am. Now I'm gonna ask you some questions, okay? Rock and roll questions, right. right? Best debut rock album, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, or Van Halen. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say VH one. Um yeah.
1: because I was—I mean—that's the era I was growing up in, right? Right. And what I remember about that first Van Halen album is when I heard "Eruption" for the first time. Yes. I was like, "Who are the ten guys playing guitar on that <laughs> song?" Because there's—there's like—there's no way one guy is making all that sound. It was unbelievable, and I'd never heard anything like it. Yes. And to me, Eddie Van Halen is just remarkable.
0: When you hear eruption and then there's that little bit of a break and then it goes into you really got me. If you don't want to punch somebody or throw a chair through a window, I mean, what are you really doing with your life? When I heard that, I was like, are you serious, bro? And I just remember like, man, I mean, I mean, I mean, dude. That even it, right now, when I get off the air, I'm probably gonna probably get a ticket. I'm gonna get on my motorcycle and probably go 100 <laughs> miles an hour down the street. And that's not
1: to take anything away from GNR because Appetite is certainly a great album.
0: But right? the, the the first, three chords, of, the first really? three chords of Welcome to the Jungle, like, I mean, you're yeah. gonna oh, here we go. And every song, you know, uh, they're out to get me. But to me, honestly, yeah, yeah Van Halen, it just hit me. Hard. And then I would Ice Cream Man also, Ice King, you know. I got to put that Dixie cup. All flavors and yeah. push-ups, too. I'm your ice cream. And then he goes, all right, boys. Dude. All right, boy. And they kick it in the air. Man, they kick it. And it got to the point, i start loving Atomic Punk. I used to be like, eh. Right? Now I'm like, you know, nobody rules these streets at night like me. Nobody. I'm ah, the Atomic yeah. Punk. Man, don't even get me going. My producer, my producer's 19. He's probably have never heard of Van Halen. He he always like, who what group is this? And he always gives me shit. But man, I'm trying to teach him what real music was all about. And he looked at me like, what what is this you're talking about?
1: You know the thing about that music, BT, is it was always fun. Yes. Like my wife, my wife picks on me, Kimberly, she'll say you don't listen to any new music. I go, sure, I do. I listen to old ACDC and new <laughs> ACDC, right? <laughs> that music is just fun. Yes. Right? Yes. We talked about poison, even kiss or any of it. it. It's never music that brings you down. Yes. That was one of the things I struggled with, with grunge, right? I mean, like, Jeremy is an amazing song, but what a what a sad topic. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. It's not like I'm going to put that song on and go, "Hey, let's party." I feel really good. Let's <laughs> go out and have a great Saturday night. But you crank up a little ACDC. Dude, it's got
0: a rhythm. have a drink on me. If you crank up have a drink on you. me, uh, I say a Saturday, night after, a Saturday night after the Daytona Supercross, which is where we met again, and we partied with Kevin Wyndham. If you play have a drink on me by ACDC and say you got a little in your cup. For me, I, don't make fun of me. I, I love mojitos. I, I feel like a Navy SEAL with a mojito. I got great breath. <laughs> I got fresh breath. I can go I can go close talk a hot chick. You know what I mean? So I feel like a Navy yeah. SEAL with that. So I get a couple mojitos and hear it, have a drink on me and buddy it's a good time you know you don't like you said you don't get that with jeremy and jeremy is spoken somebody call the police i think this kid's about to shoot the shit up but it's an amazing song it's right? a great song but, but grunge grunge kinda and you said it and what i mean we're not throwing any shade but i know what you, grunge kinda ruined rock and roll in a sense i mean don't get me wrong it's great but it was all fun. Like you said, 80s, all fun, man. Poison and Rat and docking. And then Grunge came and it was like, I don't want to be a rock star but I am. But I really don't want to and I got problems and it's like, okay, it's good, but. Yeah. I mean, it's like, come on man. I mean, sound. I'll yeah. put Soundgarden against anybody and one of my favorite songs ever, which I was going to ask you this question, might as well go there now, but my second favorite song ever is Just Like Suicide by Soundgarden. I mean, that song, it puts you in a mood and it's It starts off a little. You know, I love songs that that build, and just like "Suicide" is one of my favorite songs in the world. Now I'm gonna lead up to this question here: favorite rock song ever? Favorite? Oh, I tell you what. Five top five rock songs for you. No particular order. Top five rock songs. Top five. Top five. I got your kids kidnapped. You got your kids kidnapped, and if you don't give me those answers in the next thirty seconds,
1: so, so I'm, I'm riff driven.
0: Okay. 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 So.
1: Thing that hooks me is a good riff right 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 so top five riff based songs for me um not in order
0: not in order not in order that's too hard okay yeah but
1: if you just said dude you you gotta you gotta put a playlist together of five songs that are just gonna rock your brain out right now to get you going you're 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 going to the track with your buddies and you want to be yes fully raised when you get there. Yes. I would have um Wasted by Def Leppard. Yes on the first album. Okay. Yes. On the first Def Leppard album. Look at Wasted. you you could you Look at I you. I would
0: have um um Come on man. Come on, bro. I guess I'd have Whole lot of love from zeppelin oh my god the beginning of that yeah, song kicks you in yeah. oh. I, I'm gonna go I'm
1: gonna go a whole lot of Rosie
0: oh look at Casey you Casey. look at you
2: yes yes
1: um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go bomber bomber for motorhead yeah. <laughs> okay got gotcha. you and um fifth one fifth one Oh. Um, and this this isn't because of the the riff, but because of the the drums. Run to the Hills by Nate. Oh my
0: god, dude, you look at you nailing it, nailing it. It, it, oh, and it's so smooth too. White man came across the sea,
1: and Nico on the drums in there. Oh my god, yeah, it's
0: just you are classic, you're classic. You're and, and Okay. This, I, I,
1: get, I, get, I mean, it's hard to do just five.
0: I know, but I, I, had to, I had to put you on the spot with that. I had to put you on the spot with that. I know, I know. Greatest metal album of all time. Greatest metal album. Know. Metal. You can throw rock and roll in if you want to, but you know what I mean. The greatest rock oh. and roll album of all okay, time. Okay. Oh, how about this? Top five, top five, top five, top five, top five.
1: Um, okay. So Highway to Hell goes in there. Okay. One. And then you follow it right back with Back in Black. Oh. I almost consider that two different... Yes. It's, it's almost two different deals because yeah. Brian and Bond were so different. Yes. Yes. Um, Blake, um, it's, it's another classic rock album more than a metal album, but...
0: Boys in the attic is pretty damn good man that was yeah I'm sure they don't remember that time, but yeah, Aerosmith rocked it. people don't know how great Aerosmith was before all the before all the plastic surgery, yeah and he yeah, and he do look now looks like a lady, yeah, man, they really rocked it, I mean, they did man <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you have to put you have to put zeppelin four in
2: there
1: just because it's one of the greatest albums of all time yes, yes, You really do, yeah um kiss alive
0: man that, see that's why we're like this dude i mean it from the bottom of my heart you know my heart you know my heart this is going to be the toughest question you'll ever have okay toughest question you ever you have one to choose from one to choose one you can do this you can either you get a phone call scott dixon i hey, mate, i need you to work for me indy 500 i want you to work for me mate i want you to be the crew chief i'm going to pay you a. Uh, might one night, one day work work for me. you're like, okay, any 500 or, or same time on the same day, the last ever concert for the Rolling Stones, the last ever concert for the Rolling Stones, same day, same time. And to throw in a little oomph, your your son, your beloved son, Lucky Lucas calls you up and says, hey, Dad, listen, I know you got a chance to work with Scott Dixon in Indy 500, and he's got the car to win. But it really would mean a lot to me if we went to watch the Rolling Stones together. But it's up to you, Dad. You do what you want. But I just want you to know that it'd mean a lot to me if okay. me and you go rock together.
1: So, so you just, you just um, made it very simple. You did. Okay. So My kids win 100. percent Look
0: at you, Dad of the Year. I um, Dad of the Year.
1: No, they no, they do. I mean, they, they they Your your kids always win, and 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 it wouldn't even be. It, Lucas could have picked either one of those, or he could have said, "I have a I have a football game. Would you come to my football game? I'm going to the football game." That see, I made a promise to myself when I first had kids. No matter what I was doing, if either one of my kids said, "Hey, would you do with this with me?" No matter what I was doing, I'm stopping what I'm doing. And I'm doing that with them, whether it was Lucas wanted to shoot hoops in the driveway or Livy when she was, you know, little one to have a tea party, you do it because those moments are not going to be there for long. My daughter is now started her senior year of high school today. Oh my God. Congratulations. Lucas is playing high school football now. Oh
0: my gosh. So
1: that's how fast they're, they're going, you know, and, um, I've seen the Stones. I've been to the five You've done those things. There'll be another one of those. There'll never be another time when your kids are little, you know?
0: Oh, man, that, honestly, that's why, and I, you think I'm joking when I say that's why I always say, man, you live the life I want. We are close to everything, but you got the family that I go, man. I wish, I, I I say I wish, but, you know, I just live a different, when it comes to that, it's like, I'm, I'm hard to get, I'm a Gemini, I'm really weird like that, but that's what I've always respected about you, man, is just the family, dude, you brought your wife out to see me, thank you, and I, you know, I, I can't wait to meet Lucas, I, I still think he's going to go to Clemson and be the greatest linebacker they've ever had, I really mean that, it's just, I love that about you, no matter what you do, it's that family life, dude, and I love that, we got to have a part two of this, I mean it from the bottom, I know I'm getting a wrap up sign from but we gotta have a part two. because We didn't talk about enough rock and roll or enough racing. And and I, I could talk about this all day. I literally could be here all day talking to you, Ralph, because you're one of my favorite people in the world. I mean, top five, top five. Because we love racing. That's you. You're living that passion of racing, but you're getting paid for it. I write a column for racing. I'm not getting paid for it, but I still love it. But the thing is, and I know that's one of your things of success, is that you gotta have passion. Passion has got to rule it. Like the the Scorpion said, when passion rules the game and passion rules your life, because if you don't have passion, why even do it if you don't have a passion for it? You have a passion for racing. I have a passion for racing. Passion for rock and roll, passion for rock. But you got that passion for family that, man, I wish, I hope I get there eventually someday. But you got the greatest life ever. You did it, man. I, I look up to you. I admire you. I can't wait to celebrate your birthday. I think August 23rd, is it right? August 23rd? right? Yeah. You're going to be like 22, yeah. 23, 24. 22. 22. Yeah. 22. Yeah. Good. Good for you, man. You look, you look good. You look, <laughs> you, look, <laughs> you look good. Yeah. It was a rough 22. It was a rough 22, but you look. <laughs> but you look. <laughs> Ralph, hey, yeah.
1: Listen, you know, this, this is, and I appreciated everything you said, but ultimately BT, I, I kind of you know, I forget even the fans are, are tuned in and listening to us because I'm just throwing out with you. Yeah. And the, that friendship is very deep and very important to me too, more than you than you know. And it's just because, you know, you're a really good guy, man. You're a really good guy. And that passion that you have for everything comes out of you and it's, it's so infectious and it's so great to be around and it's so uplifting. And I appreciate everything you said about me, but know that it goes back and forth equally. And I, I really appreciate you having me on, even man. though you didn't talk about the speed sport. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, yeah, I was going to get to that. And, man, I was, I, I really wanted to I'm mention just it. i on you. I wanted I, I got to pick on you. But, but the thing that made me so, like, that touched my soul, man, was when, during the pandemic, didn't know what was going on. I was like, you know, one of unemployment's coming in. You know, when I'm going to work again? And I get this phone call. I look down, and it says Ralph. And I go, "Are you serious?" And we talked. And then you called me again uh, during uh, while well, you're out in Utah. And man, that just meant the world to me. It like put a my. I told my roommate. I told my roommate. I go, Ralph called me. She goes, "Real?" And I it just lifted my soul. I was so depressed during that time, and I was like, man, I want to thank you so much for that. I mean, everything you do, we've always had fun, but, man, when you gave me that phone call, and say, like, hey, man, how you doing? And I just, man, it, felt, it made me feel so good with that, and I just want to say thank you for that. And I've always known you were a real friend. It wasn't fake. It wasn't like that. It was always real friendship, but I just wanted to let you know that hit me so hard, and with a just, I love So I want to thank you for that, and just everything you've always done, I mean that. And, like, if anybody's watching, man, trust me when I say this. Ralph Shaheen is more than just the voice of motor racing, the voice of Supercross. This guy, he walks it like he talks it, and he's a better man than you even think he is. And I mean it by the way, a better man than you even think he is. So thank you, Ralph. When you get to town to Indy, I'll pay for your, uh, your birthday. We'll have a good time. But we're also going we'll to see if Fast Times is ready to race. And when we go, I will not hesitate to put you in the wall. I know you. I know you're a little older than me. I will put you in the wall, and I will not think twice about it. Uh, I got a little smoke in me. I'll put you in the wall. <laughs> and, hey, and, in the, hey, and and in the hey and and in the words of smoke, hey, you know where to find me. <laughs> I, will, I will catch you, man. I can't wait to man. Hit me up when you get to Indy. Gotta go. Thank you, Ralph. I appreciate you, sir. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, man. Have a great day. Tell the kids and Kimberly, I said hi, man. You got it, brother. Keep rocking, Orange brother. Up. Yes, thank you, man. And thank you for watching Tales from a Gemini. I, that's, that was Ralph Shaheen. That guy is my heart. I love that guy to my core. So thank you for watching. Leave a comment for anything. I don't care if you criticize me. Leave a comment. Thanks for watching. And like we always say about this time, Bang.